0: Matthew chapter 27. The text for this morning is the verse 52. Matthew 27, verse 52. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. In our study of the wonders, Calvary that is those supernatural events which accompany the Lord's crucifixion and his death the death of the Son of God we have looked at the three hours of darkness three hours of darkness that began at twelve noon in the middle of the day the brightest hour of the day for three hours there were those hours of darkness that was followed by the rending of the veil the veil was rent from the top to the bottom there in the temple that was followed then by the earthquake and the rending of the rocks that is not only were the rocks moved out of their places but the rocks themselves were rent. Miraculous event indeed. When you think of that, here is something quite remarkable. Quite remarkable in that the rocks were rent at the moment that Christ cried out with a loud voice, yet, The many who were gathered around the cross that day, their hearts were not rent. No, their hearts were not rent. The rocks were rent, but not the heart of man. Does this tell us just how hard the heart of depraved sinners are? How hard they are. They have been standing for so many hours beholding Christ and his sufferings, seeing the Lord Jesus and the blood flow from those wounds, and yet they're unmoved. Their hearts remain as hard as adamant stone, with the exception of a few. We read about there in verse 54. We'll deal with Lord willing this evening. It was while they were watching Jesus and saw the earthquake and those things that were done that their hearts were opened to the centurion and those who were with him. Those things that were done Along with what we have already mentioned and what we have studied over the past few weeks we see also that with the earthquake and the rending of the rocks the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. The graves were opened And many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Quite a remarkable thing to take place. And how could anyone witness such happenings and remain unaffected by them? As I said, at least some were touched. There in verse 54. And may even today, may hearts be touched, may hearts be affected by what we read here about what took place, even the opening of the graves.
1: There, when Christ cried,
0: I did this, finish. I want us, first of all, to look at the miracle, for it was a miracle. It's interesting that Matthew is the only one of the evangelists to record this event, that is, the opening of the grave. Just Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, don't even mention them. And Matthew only gives us the bare details for when you read those verses, there are many questions And if it were possible, we would like to ask Matthew. But he's just given us the bare details. And there are many things we would like to know. But we must remember. We must remember the words of Peter. For the prophecy came not of old time by the will of man that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In other words, Matthew only wrote what he was given to write by the Holy Ghost. And what he has written is written for our learning. And it would be easy to speculate and use as what some have termed sanctified imagination and try and fill in as it were the gaps but we will not do that we will simply deal with what Matthew has recorded and what is written here before us and let us remember these great miraculous events, these wonders of Calvary took place when the Lord Jesus Christ cried with a loud voice mark that a loud voice it is finished or as we know in the original it's just one word he cried with a loud voice finished and when he cried finished The earth shook. The graves were open. And the dead arose out of those graves. That was a miracle indeed. So, considering the fourth miracle or the fourth wonder of Calvary, we want to look first of all at the shaking. the shaking <coughs> and behold the veil of the temple was rent and twain from the top to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose so the opening of the graves took place whenever the earth did quake Again, we remind ourselves that this wonder took place and Christ cried with a loud voice and was finished. No, it wasn't a cry of defeat. In his name, it was a cry of victory. For in his high priestly prayer, John 17, verse 4, he was able to pray, I've finished the work thou gavest me to do. It was such a victory that earth was shaken by it. It was such a victory that Satan's kingdom was shaken by it. It was such a victory that death and the grave were shaken and defeated by the finished work of Christ. sure there at Calvary he caused the dead to arise what does that leave? that left the grave and death powerless because Christ ended the graves and raised the dead the Lord said he would do Hebrews sorry Hosea 13 verse 14 I will ransom them from the power of the grave I will redeem them from death O death I will be thy plagues. O grave I will be thy destruction What a note of victory. Hear those words again. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy place. O grave, I will be thy destruction. No wonder Paul then exclaimed in his epistle in that great chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? We have only to look at Calvary's battleground and see there our triumphant Redeemer. No wonder it was with a loud voice he cried. Cried with a loud voice, it is finished. And the earth shook, and the graves were open. When Christ finished the work, he had been given to do. As well as the shaking, we're told about the saints. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints. which slept arose so we're specifically told it was the bodies of the saints it was the graves of the saints and the bodies of the saints that arose and went in to the city of Jerusalem Matthew doesn't say that all the graves were open No. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose. So if only saints arose, what makes the difference? What's the difference then? Since Matthew spoke about the saints rising, what about the others? What is it that makes a sinner into a saint? Well, I can tell you, categorically, it's not the Pope of Rome that makes anybody a saint. He's not even a saint himself. No. It's not the work of men that makes sinners into saints. We see from God's Word what a, how a sinner is made into a sin. You take the word sin. The word sin means set apart. It means to separate. It means holy. There you have it. Want to know what a sin is? Sin is someone who's separated from the world lives a separate life unto God as one who by the grace of God and the work of the Holy Spirit seeks to live a holy life a holy life and yet Romans 3 verse 23 tells us all of sin that come short of the glory of God how then can the sinner with the totally depraved nature become a saint yea become holy how is that possible that brings us back again to the voice that pierced the air that day that loud voice that cried out it is finished for there on the cross Christ shed his blood to wash away the sins of those that put their trust and faith in him. Shedding his blood for his elect. It's the blood of Christ that makes a sinner into a sins. Nothing else, no one else but the blood of Christ. Paul says in Ephesians 1 verse 7 in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace that's right it's only through his blood precious blood of Christ that a sinner can know redemption can no salvation can be made into the sin? only through his blood can we know the forgiveness of sins and the riches of his grace not how we're saved, saved by grace grace alone that's all my place. Jesus died for sinful men praise the Lord I can say Jesus died for me Not all the blood of beasts and Jewish altars slain could give the guilty conscience peace or wash away the steel. And Christ, the heavenly love, takes all our sins away, from the sacrifice of nobler name and richer blood that lay. condemnation of our sin has been removed Romans 8 verse 1 there is now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit there is the meaning of sins all wrapped up in one verse separation from the world led by the spirit leading a holy life there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit separated from the world living a separated life the world and sin Set apart to live for Christ. To live a holy life. Mark what Paul said, no condemnation to them which are in Christ. A saint is one who is in Christ. Sinner is one He's out of Christ it's simple if you're a sinner you're out of Christ but if you're a saint has been washed in the blood saved by grace while you're in Christ that's how Paul addressed the saints of Philippi Paul and Timotheus the servants of Jesus Christ to so all the saints in Christ Jesus. We're in Christ. So the many bodies of the saints that arose that day were sinners saved by grace and were those who were in Christ. No Pope, no priest, no holy water made them in the saints. They were in Christ. Christ. Christ did it all when he shed his blood there on Calvary's cross as well as the shaking the earthquake and the sense. Matthew speaks here about the sleepers for he says And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Not interesting. The death to the one who is in Christ, death, is described as sleep. You recall. When Lazarus died but the Lord said to his disciples he said our friend Lazarus sleepeth but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep he's talking about his death yes and Christ went there four days later that's what he did standing outside the tomb of Lazarus. He'd been dead four days. He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth, and he that was dead came forth. Isn't that how the death of Stephen is described? Described as the first Christian martyr. We read in Acts 7 verse 16. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice. Lord lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this. He fell asleep. And hope to be with the Lord. He just fell asleep. So for the sense of God. Really, death is nothing to be feared. It's just like falling asleep. Well, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 56, the sting of death is sin. But since sin has been removed, By the power of the blood of Christ. That's the sting. The sin has been removed. And the death of the sin is described as a sleep. That speaks of rest, doesn't it? The believer taking the rest. Revelation 14 verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, blessed are the dead, which died in those the gift, in the Lord. From henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works to follow them. They rest from their earthly labors and their works to follow them the resurrection of the saints proclaims that Jesus Christ by dying conquered death conquered the grave disabled death for he is the resurrection and the life is it good to be in Christ? But when you're in Christ, you're on the side of victory. We are on the side of the all-conquering Savior. So, as well as the miracle, you consider next the marvel. All that took place that day on Calvary's hill was miraculous and was a great wonder was a great marvel really was three hours of darkness beginning at noonday was a marvel the cry it is finished Christ giving up the ghost That was a marvel. The veil of the temple, the random twin, from the top to the bottom—that was a marvel. The earthquake, the rending of the rocks—that was a marvel. Then the graves opened, and many bodies of the saints were snapped around. Yet another marvel. Just another one of the marvels of Calvary. But that's not all. Well, we read here in verse 53 and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto them. And remember all of those marvelous events occurred because Christ what he accomplished on the cross. That's why all those took place. All that Christ did was recognized by heaven. Was recognized by the earth. Was recognized by the great What a Savior we have. Regarding this marvel of the saints coming out of the graves, we notice the time. Yes, the graves were open, but the saints did not come out of their graves until after Christ had arisen. Three days later, No, they could not rise up from their graves before Christ rose from His grave. For as Paul tells us, 1 Corinthians 15 and 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep. He's the first fruits of them that sleep. Yes, Christ must arise from the dead first because, Colossians 1 verse 18, he is the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have the preeminence. And so while the graves were open, the saints that were in those graves could not rise up from the dead until after Christ rose. Because Christ must have the preeminence. He is the first fruits from the dead. in life dear believer whatever we do however we live Christ must have the preeminence in our lives in all things he must have the preeminence and in death he must have the preeminence and in his resurrection he must have the preeminence the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the triumph, As well as the time. We notice here also the triumph. So the saints came out of the graves after his resurrection we're told. And we see the triumph of Christ in the resurrection of Christ. Speaking of his death and resurrection, the Savior said, No man taketh it from me. We dealt with this last week. The Lord Jesus did not die as a martyr. I've heard people say that. I've heard people talk about the death of Christ and refer to him being a martyr. No. Christ did not die as a martyr. For the Lord said, No man taketh it from me. Martyrs are those who have had their lives taken from them. But the Lord himself said, No man taketh it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. Christ gave his life for sinners. It was not taken from him. And three days after his death, his burial, Came his glorious resurrection, and up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor for the dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. The we're on the winning side. We're on the side of victory. Looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The whenever or wherever Christ faced the last enemy think of it during his public ministry whenever or wherever the Lord came face to face with death he was victorious. death was defeated the Did they go to the home of Jairus? And there lay his twelve year old daughter, his twelve year old daughter, on her deathbed. He didn't leave that house until he raised that child up from the dead and returned her to her mother and father. He was victorious. And then he led a multitude of people towards the village of Niam, coming out of that village, was a widow woman following behind the coffin of her oldest son there once again Christ came face to face with death that widow's son didn't see the grave that day As Christ raised him from the dead victorious again And sure didn't he go? Stand outside the tomb of Lazarus with tear filled eyes. That tomb that had held its victim its prey for four days. I'll tell you something. It wouldn't matter. And then been there four days, four years, four hundred years. When Christ cried out Lazarus come forth Lazarus came forth For the power of Christ once again prevailed For he did say the hour is coming And now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God And they that hear shall live Charles's daughter heard and lived. The widow's son heard and lived. Lazarus heard and lived. As I said last week, death cannot be victorious in the presence of a living Christ. No. They recall when the soldiers went to break the legs of those who were crucified that day. They broke the legs of the two thieves. But when they came to the middle tree and to the Lord Jesus Christ, he was dead already. But when the soldiers arrived, the two thieves were still alive. tells me that Christ had to die first because those things could not die in the presence of a living Christ and so the Lord Jesus gave up the ghost remember he gave it up it wasn't taken from him he chose the time he chose the hour didn't he say over and over again, "My hour is not yet come? He chose the hour when he would give up the ghost. And he gave up the ghost before those two thieves died. Because they couldn't die in the presence of the living Christ. That's who he is. He is the resurrection. He is the life. He is the one who had power to lay down his life and power to take it again. As well as the time and the triumph. Mm -hmm. (coughs) The triumph. Christ's triumph over the grave and over death of day. Results, they here the testimony. After the saints were raised from the dead we're told they went into the holy city and appeared unto Melek. Looking at those words they went into the holy city and appeared unto Melek. we notice the focus I say the focus because Matthew is the only one who records this now wouldn't you think that such such a happening such an event But there's something that everybody was talking about. Did you read about it in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John? But no, there's nothing. There's nothing about the saints that slept arising from the grave. Nothing about them going into the holy city, into Jerusalem and appearing unto men. There's nothing. said the focus because you see the focus wasn't on the saints that arose the focus was on Christ he's the only one spoken about the focus was all on the Lord Jesus Christ We're not told how who those saints were that arose. We're not told who they spoke to. On that resurrection day, there was only one person who was spoken about and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, remember the Emmaus disciples. They were in Jerusalem that day and there they were making their way home. And a stranger drew near and went with them. We know who the stranger was. And the Lord asked them why they were cast down and sad. They said, have you not heard? They didn't talk. They didn't tell the Lord about the saints that had arisen from the graves. They didn't tell the Lord about those same saints going into Jerusalem. Those who were dead and talking to people. Never mentioned. Never mentioned. because their focus was on Christ they told the Lord that he said he would rise and this is the third day their focus was on the Lord Jesus Christ no one else and nothing else that's the way it ought to be isn't it That's the way it ought to be, as we live as Christians. Our focus should always be on Christ. That's the way it should be. You think that it was all his family, his friends, his followers. They all wanted to see Christ out there nobody else their focus was on him that not be the case with us all may our focus always be on the Savior comes the preaching. may the focus always be on Christ as well as the focus Told totally he went, they went into the holy city and appeared unto many. That speaks to us also of the future, does it not? For it speaks to us of all who die in the Lord. Those who were in Christ on the great resurrection day will enter the holy city. The new Jerusalem saints entered into the earthly Jerusalem appeared on to many and talked to many but it is wonderful to know that being in Christ any man that is in Christ he's a new creature and being in Christ one day will enter the Holy Spirit And we'll go marching through the streets of the New Jerusalem. Washed in the blood of the Lamb, What a day that will be. Will you be there? Will you enter the New Jerusalem? Are you numbered with the saints? Are you numbered with those who are In Christ? Are you still out of Christ? Held by many a snare. We cannot leave you lost and known. They want you. Over there. So here was another wonders of Calvary, and the graves were opened many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves and after his resurrection went into the city, the holy city, and appeared on the mountain. Amen. May the Lord bless the words of our hearts. We we'll just bow our heads now and prayer. <coughs> Oh our dear Lord we thank thee for the hope it's in the heart of the child of God the hope and it's not a hope so but a hope grounded and fixed in Christ that one day we'll enter the new Jerusalem and there we will see him who is altogether loved. There we'll see him whom our so loved. We thank you for the hope we have in Christ. Dear Lord, write thy word upon our hearts today. Again, bless all of our visitors and the time spent in this area the time of blessing and refreshment. Lord be pleased to be with us again this evening once again we look into Thy word once again as we look for Christ now in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Abide and remain with us now, and until the day breaks, and the shadows all flee away. We ask these things in the Savior's name. Amen.